Welcome to yet another edition of our podcast, The Brand Called You. Today we have one of the most multifaceted individuals, friends, uh, who I know, uh, Satinder Kapoor. Satinder, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you very much for agreeing to be a part of the show. It's my pleasure. Thank you. So just by way of background, uh, Satinder is from IIT Delhi. Then he was one batch senior to me at business school and I don't remember but I think he ragged me also in those days ragging was permitted um, then he joined uh, the corporate world joined Hindustan Leavers now Hindustan Unilever then he became an entrepreneur and then he became a lawyer so before I get into any specific questions with Satinder, I'm going to ask you to talk a little bit about your journey from IIT to MBA to, an entre- to the corporate world to uh, an entrepreneur, to a lawyer. Thanks, uh, Ashutosh, for this uh, this opportunity, and uh, for me to be able to share some of the good moments, some of the difficult moments that I've had to face. But let me start by looking back at the entire thing and having the wisdom, like they say, of hindsight, which you. If you have it at the beginning of the journey, nothing like it. Now I've come to the conclusion that things seem to be predestined to some extent. Not that I'm talking about only destiny and not your own hard work. But whatever you might do, you might set out in one direction. Sometimes destiny takes you into another which you are really not afraid, you know, aware of when you start the journey. So if I go back into my childhood memories, and I must share those with mm-hmm. you, I was always told, not directly, maybe indirectly, that my elder brother was to be a chartered accountant and I was to be an engineer. Mm-hmm. And possibly my, my wonderful late parents saw that spark of uh, this ingenuity in me which made them think that I'm a more of a hands-on kind of a person. To make mat- matters even better, I entered into some elocution contests and debating contests in my school life. And every time I got a prize, it was a book on engineering. Hmm. So I started reading about the engineering, it kind of sparked an interest. And there it was, I mean, at the end of the day, when I passed out from school, I sat for the joint entrance exam and I qualified. And I joined IIT Delhi, one of the most looked up to institutes at that one time. And I qualified in electrical engineering. And that's the time I got, after completing my engineering, in a very high first division, uh, I got an offer from the Philips International Institute in Eindhoven mm-hmm. in the Netherlands to go on and complete my masters in science, in digital electronics. They had one or two people from every developing country. And I was offered that, initially I accepted it. But then I thought, you know, that you have to come back and work in this country. And so let me get into a bit of general management rather than focus only on technology. Maybe a good or a bad decision, but completely changed the course of my life. So some decisions are very, very strategic 
like a fork in the road kind of a decision. That was one of them. I went and joined the Bajaj Institute in Bombay, qualified, joined Levers. And I was put into the marketing division uh, of Hindustan Levers. A lot of people were vying for that job and I could make it in a campus interview. But then I, I worked there, I completed my management training, I completed a rural development stint. I was thrown around different departments, very interesting, very good, huge learning experience. And then I joined them as a covenanted manager and worked for about two and a half years in Delhi. But every time I was sitting in a, in a meeting, the strategy being discussed was how to sell soap, how much soap to sell. And I used to think, you know, what am I doing here? I thought I was a misfit in that uh, scenario. There's a fire burning inside. I, what am I doing? Why am I concentrating on how much soap to sell? Nothing wrong with that, by the way. Yeah. But it has to fit into your core system, your values. I said, no, I, I have got, I've got better things to do. I'm an engineer. I've qualified my, possibly my parents also. My, my parents were very happy, by the way, that I'm in a very cushy job. My father's been in the government. So there was a sense of security, which you lose the moment you take a decision to break the path and come out. Mm. And I did just that. I quit from there one fine morning and I started my own entrepreneur business set up a small metal packaging industry, did very well, got on to a bigger industry. I started manufacturing uh, high-tech electronic tapes in, in Himachal, went public, sold the rights issue single-handedly, did very well. Market cap was very well. But then a lot of things changed and I'll talk about it a bit later, you know, what I could have done, which I did not do, again all in hindsight. And there was there were difficult moments. And let me tell you, Ashutur, I think you are fully aware of it. It's not at all an easy task to set up a new industry of being a first generation entrepreneur in India. Big challenge, I think anywhere in the world, but more so in India. But let that be as it is. Having set up an industry, huge challenges were there. There was change of market preferences. There was change of product life cycle. And I'll talk about it later, which forced me to come out of the industry, mm. face huge legal problems, yeah. etc. Balance is history. So we'll come to the your journey as a lawyer after uh, a few minutes. But uh, once you left uh, Hindustan Lever, you started your own business. You, um, I remember you telling me that you were doing so well that you used to match your col the color of your car with the color of your tie. Uh, yes, that's right. Uh, and I'm right on that, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, you used to have, you were very, very successful. Um, what happened? Uh, why did you decide to walk away from your business? And then what led you into becoming a lawyer? Very easy and a very difficult question for me because it takes me back mm -hmm. into the middle of thick of things. You know, I think the first wrong move which I did was to get out of my core business. Core business, I mean, I started off with the packaging industry, which was very much compatible with my pocket size. Mm -hmm. 
I had limited funds as anybody would in that yeah. situation. And I set up an industry in Delhi, in Noida. Then I had three units, metal decor. And I was challenging companies like Metalbox, Poisha, Glass and Tubro. They were the three, three biggest metal decoration and metal packaging players at that point of time. And here we came along, small industry, small scale industry, set it up, did very well, bought a huge market share. I should have continued. Mm -hmm. I made a lot of assets from my own earnings, mm -hmm. hard-earned, tax-paid earnings. One thing is you've got to be honest to yourself and to your surroundings. And we did that from day one. Did very well. That's the time I got married, had a family. And every day was a beautiful day mm -hmm. that I didn't owe sent to anybody. A lot of people owed money to me. A very comforting thought. A lot of assets, cars, like a few cars I had and luxury of life. What, then what? I mean, then what? You're possibly, and I think I now remember very vividly, I overheard my father saying that, you know, my son is an engineer, selling a friend of his, and he is going to set up a huge project one day. Mm. I need not have done that. Mm. I was very comfortable, and today I would have been sitting over assets of about a few thousand crores, if I may say it. But there are no regrets, let me clarify. Mm. And I said, no, uh, I'm a technically qualified person. I'm in a rudimentary metal packaging industry, not realizing there's nothing wrong with that. I must set up something much more complex, more challenging, bigger. And I went and set up a public limited company. I got technology from across the world, not realizing that the mammoth proportions of what I was getting into was so huge that it might one day turn out to be a big problem for me. Mm -hmm. But then if you are successful, probably you will be there in the top league. And that was the burning thing inside my mind that I have to be there. Now what there is or what the definition of there is something in the air. So I set this up and got technology. I had about 300 people working for me. Mm -hmm. Three shifts a day, and this was in Himachal. This was in Himachal, most respected company in in and around Shimla. Uh, all the bureaucrats of the state used to call me up and say, "You know, we would like my our son or my daughter to come and intern with you, to work with you." It was a great honor for us. Mm -hmm. But then fortunes changed in the sense that the entire product that we were making videotapes from scratch. The entire product life cycle came to an end. Mm. We were threatened by different product formats. <clears throat> the demand kind of vanished in a matter of a few months. Wow. How the satellite television, how the digital formats, how the you know the other forms of communication took over mm. and the preferences completely changed. I don't think children of our generation, present generation have seen, hmm. even heard of a VCR. Yeah. VCR was something uh, every household carried. Correct. And therefore a tape was used and we used to make those tapes hmm. in bulk. Hmm. Things changed and there were huge problems. There were losses which are coming up. You were not able to service the bank loans. Hmm. 
So the departments were breathing down your back. The creditors were knocking at your door. And all that you had earned was then used to repay some of the liabilities mm -hmm. in order to be able to save your honor, which I'm very glad that I'm sitting here today in spite mm -hmm. of all that. There were offers from competitors to take you over for a minuscule amount of capital. Mm -hmm. They said, no, we will still try to see how we can get over this. We'll try to get into another product format. But unfortunately, you know, the BIFRs and the AIFRs of this country, mm -hmm. they are manned by bureaucrats. Mm -hmm. I remember having gone to the BIFR, the Bureau of Industrial Financial Reconstruction, yeah. single-handedly trying to sell my case that, no, my industry is not gone. Down the drain, I can still recoup it. I can make another product out of it. They didn't understand. They should have more of technical people there, mm -hmm. but they were like, income tax officers sitting on deputation, didn't understand what I was saying. So ultimately went into the Delhi High Court. I said, okay, fine, let's protect ourselves. Let's either turn around the company or liquidate it, depending on what's good for the company and what's good for the nation. In the process, Ashutosh, uh, I remember there were about 200 plus court cases which I was facing. Wow creditors, company law, labor issues, banks, the works, excise. And that's the time when I thought, when I used to go to lawyers, I sold a few properties to pay fee of my lawyers, very senior counsels. I used to go with them to the courts. That was my first skirmish experience with the courts. I remember having gone to Supreme Court and down to the district courts. And I found that these guys were not exerting themselves. I was opening my mouth before the court. Mm. My lawyer was standing next to me would not open his mouth because for whatever reason. And I was paying them through my by, by selling our properties. And one fine morning, and I, I must narrate this mm. incident if you mm. have a bit of time. And that's a turning point again. So I was sitting in the Delhi Jibkhana Club. I have to be happened to be a member because of my late father. And I used to go there because things were very, very economical, very cheap. Mm. Yet it was a very nice atmosphere. I remember sitting there one day, sipping a cup of tea in the lawn, deeply dejected and despaired, despondent, trying to understand what next. Why has this happened? What has happened? I had a family to care, huge amount of problems. What was the difficulty? I was a first generation entrepreneur. Did nothing wrong, tried to do my best, but things didn't work out. And this is something to keep in mind. Things may not work out always. So this small child, Muhammad Ali, was about five years of age. And I was at that time around 38 years of age, 39. Mm. So he came to me and said, can I sit with you, uncle? I said, yes, why not? Then in his broken Hindi, he asked me a very strange question. He said, be thinking. He said, uncle, what do you mean? What do you want to do become when you grow up? What is this child saying? It means I still have a future. I have to become something because the child is asking me, but as a God is asking me through the child's mouth. And I have to grow up. 
as if i've just been born but i have 40 years of experience as a mm. child and i said let me do my swot analysis for the teacher who lost in in management school strengths weaknesses opportunities threats so i came to the conclusion that capital is my weakness right now yeah because i i burned out all the cash i burned out everything that i had but there are opportunities and one of the glaring opportunities facing me was my experience with the lawyers at that point of time so i said if you can't win them join them and this is a good field because these guys are earning good amount of professional fee and it's a very respectable profession so the next day i went and enrolled myself in law college amazing at the age of 39 i said let me go and reeducate myself and i joined college and i had a wonderful 3 year stint which i topped my college in first division because there was a relevant experience i could understand what the teachers were teaching us mm-hmm. and one fine thing you know the first day in college when i went after a gap mm-hmm. when i entered all the students thought i was the professor and they also laughed like, good evening sir how are you i said no, i'm a student i'm a mature student and there were many of them like me and then i became a lawyer and i've been at it for last more than 20 years now fantastic working international yeah you one of the few people i know who has transitioned so amazingly from being an engineer in the corporate world to becoming an entrepreneur who was very successful who faced challenges and then at age 40 retrained himself to become not just a lawyer but a very very senior lawyer practice in supreme court practices uh, in mauritius is part of the bar in england i mean i i have a lot of respect for the amount of uh, drive you have but tell me uh, you know we've spoken about your entrepreneurial journey um the legal profession is a very very tough profession with so many lawyers how did you make a name for yourself uh, in this profession yeah well you have many lawyers as you have many engineers correct as you have many industrialists as you have many politicians so there's competition in every field mm-hmm. uh so more so in law because i find a lot of youngsters these days opting for the legal profession in fact many many of them in and around my circle have been uh, have joined law colleges after school maybe the five year or whatever so i think to stand out amongst uh, uh, in any industry you have to number 1 set your direction in a very focused manner and here i must say a very cliched kind of a statement which i normally always remember direction is more important than speed imagine you are in the wrong direction and you're running very fast you're going away from the object- objective at a very fast rate but if you're in the right direction and you're moving slow at least you're inching towards your objective mm-hmm. as every day passes by so my objective was very clear i have to act professionally in a field in which i can be recognized rather quickly then a field where it will take me those number of years to even make a name for myself and i think with my corporate experience uh and very relevant corporate experience and how to 
solve situations in a business i thought it would be prudent for me to not only become a corporate lawyer but a lawyer which who does not use or think that law is an end in itself mm-hmm. i think law is something is to be used to solve those huge amount of problems which every industrial industrialist or a business person faces therefore i position myself as a problem solving business lawyer who would offer solutions to the corporate world to to come out of uh, tricky situations because that's what i had done and i think my credibility in in establishing this very focused area really helped me to make a niche for myself and that niche then i started growing that niche and then uh, qualified in overseas like in london and wales became a solicitor started getting opportunities overseas mm-hmm. and today a lot of my my clients are spread out in the world mm-hmm. so i think that's what a focused approach based on your learning of course you've relearned the entire yeah. but there is a corpus of experience that you have which you have to use as a springboard and that's what i did yeah in fact that is something which i would very strongly endorse you know that you're one of the few lawyers i have worked with who brings in if i can use the term a commercial legal perspective and uh, you don't just tell your client to go and file cases you know and then keep on delaying matters because that many you know once once the general view is that once you get stuck with a lawyer you're stuck with a lawyer absolutely for life so i think i think uh, that's something which i would uh, share with all our viewers based on my personal experience so sort of moving on to um, some different kinds of questions you know three different types of professions you've seen the world successful in many many areas what keeps you going every morning yeah uh, but on a lighter way before i come to that yeah. to last yeah i think it's the evening which keeps me going every morning <laughs> so i can have a fruitful day and come back and enjoy myself in the evening correct but on a more serious note i think all the three roles or four roles that i've possibly seen myself in like you just mentioned there's something which is common amongst all these and i think that's being an entrepreneur i feel when i i see myself that i was always an entrepreneur and i am an entrepreneur and probably i'll, I'll die as one mm-hmm. hopefully with my shoes on and i think entrepreneurship is a state of the mind if i may say correct it, in a very academic uh, fashion as a student i was an entrepreneur because you were finding different methods of doing something which could be easier innovative innovation is an integral part of it i was an entrepreneur as an executive working with levers i was trying to find out ways and means of how to do your job in a better fashion and finding challenges in everyday work so i was as an industrialist i was actually seen as an entrepreneur as a first generation entrepreneur uh, who had risked his life his capital and then as a lawyer again i am an entrepreneur so i think it's this spirit which keeps you going hmm. and every morning you see okay in this profession in the legal profession i must share with you every day is a different day correct 
the problems which you are going to face are different from what probably you faced uh, in the past days. But the best thing is that they are not your problems. They are somebody else's problems. But then you have to develop the empathy to put yourself into his or her shoes yep. and try to come up with some solutions. That's what keeps me going. Wonderful. With so much travel that you do, how do you manage your work-life balance? And you've been doing this kind of intensive <laughs> work uh, ever since you started from Hindustan Diva. Four decades. Traveling has been an integral part. Yeah. It's great fun, by the way. Mm. But it takes a toll on your, otherwise your life, your healthy life. So I feel um, what approach I have been taking on and which is something I would recommend to uh, a lot of my young friends out there. I think to, to have a work-life balance, you need to snatch moments from your life. Mm -hmm. It's not that you have to take a vacation for a month with your family or your wife or parents or whatever. Leave everything and go and that's life. I think life is the everyday life, but you got to snatch those moments. I would suggest that if you're traveling somewhere and if you have the luxury of your wife accompanying you or your children accompanying you for that matter, or if there's a weekend coming and you're traveling somewhere, take them along. Of course, at your own expense, yeah. not the clients. And then you can snatch those moments. You can have a weekend together. You can have maybe a day together. Mm. Make sure that every day you come back and spend whatever little time you're spending at home. You spend those moments with your family. Do what you feel is more relaxing for you, maybe a hobby or whatever. So in essence, snatch those moments, mm. grab those moments, don't lose them. Because I tell you, when I was setting up my industry for the first time, I didn't see my children grow up. Mm. And one fine morning, I realized my children are now grown up. Mm. When did they grow up? So really, in hindsight, I wish I had spent more of those moments with them, not days, at least moments, interacting with them. That's what keeps the balance, mm. I think, in shape. I understand. What I feel. Thank you. Uh, you know, we all have failures, we all have learnings. Talk to us about your learning from your biggest failure. Well, the first thing which comes to my mind, everybody fails, everybody succeeds. Oh, absolutely. Some failures are strategic, catastrophic, some failures are run of the mill. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, when I really failed, if you ask me, if you really ask me and you set my mind thinking of this, as an industrialist or first generation industrialist or an entrepreneur, I think you've got to have your eyes in the sky and your feet and your ears to the ground. Mm -hmm. I think I failed there. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll give you a concrete Help example. Help us understand that. I'll give you a concrete example mm -hmm. of that. In those high moments, you know, when we set up this huge company and we were exporting high technology products to the Western uh, European clients selling deeply in the Indian market and I had a huge sales organization. 
my sales people used to come and give me a feedback that sir you're not able to sell in this corner of mumbai or that corner of chennai or bangalore because those buildings have now opted for cable television mm. they don't want individual tapes i i said what are you talking about i mean this is excuse you're making mm. and we were doing very well at that point of time our market cap was very high i was a listed i uh, was getting yeah. a listed company yeah. and the share price was like 20 times the face value so i did not give a serious thought to this feedback when the writing on the wall was extremely clear i failed to read it mm-hmm. if you really ask my feeling yeah. you have to see the future when others don't see it mm-hmm. and i think that's the key word for an entrepreneur to be able to see what's coming on when the others are blind and oblivious to it mm-hmm. and here i was people telling me i failed to realize that this product format is going to collapse didn't realize that soon mm-hmm. it did not take more than one and a half years for the entire thing to collapse yeah i should have exited part of my shareholding to recover my capital i would not be in a difficult situation but the sense of my belonging now mm-hmm. this is my company i have set it up that's wrong if i get a financial partner into it i'll have to dilute my stake my decision making will be impaired those are issues mm. which i think are elements of a huge failure in you i should have taken different decisions i should have i mean that's history mm. now mm. but i fail to read the future i fail to notice what the writing on the wall is very clear i did i ignored the very specific feedback which i was getting from my ground level staff and i had to pay a price for it yeah. i think that is a big failure yeah. those are very very wise words and i'm sure all our listeners will take that on board so final question to you you know given again the diversity of your experience what would your advice be to young entrepreneurs young professionals as they look at the next 30 years in life yeah i think to really summarize whatever experience i've had into a capsule is very difficult but nonetheless i'll attempt to do that i think the the objective one common objective of all the budding entrepreneurs they wanted to get into their own startups startup is a key word today yeah. which was not there during our time but now we were startups mm. but now we are startup startups well even as a lawyer you were a startup yeah maybe mm. i didn't realize i was one but yes i was yes uh i feel the objective but there's one common objective uh, to my understanding that they want to be successful they want to have a fair return on the capital maybe more than fair return build value mm-hmm. into their companies maybe come on the front page of uh, business magazine and be successful monetarily value wise and generally go on with life but i think all this should be a by product it is not the main product and if my colleagues my young colleagues please remember this that the main product should be as an objective the service which you are offering the product which you are offering or whatever it is that you are offering as a startup that is your main product 
please for heaven's sake concentrate on that and everything else will fall in line fall in place. you'll have value in your company you'll have your valuable customers you'll have your valuable suppliers your employees because you are honest to what you're trying to do but if valuation is your objective if making money is your objective i'm afraid you'll soon be in a bit of a spot so kindly remember that thank you satender thank you very much yeah. for being so honest and transparent i'm sure uh, your wise words will be heard by thousands and thousands of people so thank you once again for coming on the I'm show really, and thank you for the opportunity and sharing my thoughts with you thank you very thank you for listening to the brand called you podcast be sure to visit tbcy.in to join the conversation access show notes and discover fantastic bonus content you can follow us on youtube twitter facebook and instagram simply search for the brand called you thank you and see you next week